0: Hi, it's Dave. Welcome. Today, I'm joined by Emmett Peppers, um, and we're going to be talking about the Tesla Semi Delivery Event. Emmett just attended in person. We'll get a full in-person report. We're going to move on also to Tesla and Twitter in the news and also um, the stock market, um, what's going on there. So first, let's, um, yeah, welcome, Emmett. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing all right, Dave. It's uh, nice to be able to do these kind of on the fly with you whenever. We've been doing it for a couple of years now. It's uh... I remember the first few ones we did, I would get real nervous and not know what to say. And mm-hmm. then, you know, now it's pretty, pretty easy going and it seems like we've a pretty we've got to know each other pretty well and we have a nice natural rapport to go back and forth on these types of
0: topics. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's fun, definitely chatting. I always, uh, I, I love to get different view views on different things and um, it's interesting to hear your take on just like current events and the market and, and Tesla, et cetera. Um, so, hey, how was a Tesla Semi-Event? Um, it was in reno sparks right so how did you get there um, in the first place yeah
1: well i was planning to drive up that morning uh in my tesla and full self-driving most of the way it's easy you know on the eyes just like letting the car drive on the highway the whole way but a couple of days before the event you know the the friend of mine that i was bringing that you know uh he mentioned that there's a major snowstorm coming and that we should probably just take his pickup truck uh which was a smart move i think and we drove the night up the night before um, mm-hmm. Just before the the snowstorm really kicked in, and then um, coming back after the event was over, we drove back. But it was also like you know the, the snowstorm was going on; they were stopping you on the on Highway 80 to make sure you had the proper tires or chains on your tires and such. So it was a good thing we took his pickup truck, uh, and we that we left the night before. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it was just uh, it, it turned out to to work out, and we got there on time, and um, yeah, but it was a, a little bit of a hassle.
0: Yeah. So wait, was the last time you were at the Reno Gigafactory? Was that when we were there? Like,
1: yeah, I was thinking about that. I was thinking years, that was my
0: third
1: It was actually my third time. We yeah. the, the event wasn't actually. It was. It was like a quarter mile or something behind the actual uh, Gigafactory and the facilities they have for the okay. semi truck, which is like a separate buildings. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's my third time there. The the last time was with you, uh, at the unveiling. The first time was when they were building it and i had stopped there and tried to you know drive across country and tried to sneak some pictures walking behind the uh the hills there but you know check it out but it was
0: were you were you able to check out the gigafactory at all did they give a tour or anything no
1: just of the tesla semi uh factory building that's where the event was the whole time inside this big building you know, it seemed big if you didn't know what the Gigafactory is like, but, you know, yeah. you and I knowing how big the Tesla and the, the the main Gigafactory in Nevada there is, this was probably like one tenth the size or something, but it was still mm. big. And, you know, you had like a, a tour, like a line tour to see different components of the semi truck and manufacturing processes for it and such.
0: Huh. Interesting. How many uh, people were at the event?
1: Uh, I I think it was probably under a 1,000, but more than 500 would be my guess. Um, I think it was probably a third, employees, and then a lot of customers or people representing businesses that were the customers. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there was just a few investors that I met there that won the raffle.
0: Yeah, Yeah. interesting. So um, what was your kind of key takeaway? Um, Was there anything in in person that you were able to see or – you know, observe that maybe others, you know, weren't able to on just with video?
1: Yeah. I mean, one thing is afterwards I, I caught Elon in the back, you know, sticking around for a while and he went up and started shaking everyone's hand in the crowd. And I got, you know, sort of close. He didn't get quite to me, but he was very respectful and probably shook like 100 people's hands that were lined up in the crowd, like behind the railings and stuff, which is cool. But even um, right after that, he was in the back there. And I saw him talking with uh, J.B. Straubel. I saw J.B. Straubel there, who's, you know, mm-hmm. um, the former sort of number two guy, Tesla, that started Redwood Materials recently. And so it's good that they have a nice rapport. And it was him and J.B. Straubel and Franz yeah. talking together. And they got like a three-person selfie together or something at one mm-hmm. point, which was kind of cool. So they're still close, which is nice to see. Um, yeah, yeah. That was one thing I noticed that, you know, I didn't see anyone talk about.
0: Yeah, yeah, interesting. Um, was there, um, uh, yeah, I mean, is there anything else you could, like, um, gather or just, like, you know, from the event? Yeah, I mean, mo- most,
1: we weren't allowed to take pictures or video, like, anywhere. You had to mm-hmm. sign an NDA. You know, like, once you got past this introductory area where you walk up to the first semi-truck, it says, like, no ca- no phones or I mean, no pictures or cameras beyond this point. And then there was like one other area where you could, it says you can take out your phones and videos here, but it was just like an area where you get drinks and they had the model S and X and three on display. Um, But yeah, I mean, from all the, uh, the walkthrough where they show you, you know, everything from the air suspension to the brakes, to the seats, to the steering wheel, to the, um, the cab, you know, it's it's pretty cool. I mean, I can't recall offhand any particular one thing sticking out to me. I mean, the battery packs, there's like the long range is like three big battery packs. They look like giant, like cool mm-hmm. each battery pack of the semi truck almost look like a giant cooler, you know, bigger than that. But like there'd be either three for the long range model uh, Tesla semi or for the shorter range, it was two. And totally. um, that's what the batteries kind of the battery packs look like as opposed to a skateboard in the car. Uh-huh. you know in the cars that we know of we see the skateboard kind of battery packs
0: mm-hmm. interesting were you able to do they have like a cab where you can go into and see what what it's like inside
1: yeah there was a cab open there was a long line by the time mm-hmm. we got to that line uh we waited me and my friend we waited for i don't know 10 minutes in that line we only moved up like one notch but there was like 30 or 40 people in front of us and mm-hmm. elon was going to be speaking in like 20 minutes and we wanted to like see what else was around instead of yeah. probably not waiting. And then after he was done speaking, we went back to there to try to get a look inside the cab. Um, but the people who were showing it didn't re- come back. Um, they were supposed to when we're waiting, but they never showed up to like reopen it and let people go and see it again. But I think probably like 50 people or so got to go in and look at it closely. Yeah. And I think there was like a video circulating around t- Twitter of it. And I wouldn't have taken a video because I know there yeah. was like rules, but I guess they didn't really... Um, it was okay for that person to do it,
0: yeah, you know? yeah. What was your overall sense? I mean, there's probably a lot of stuff that you might have seen just their, them demoing or just seeing the de- exhibits. but what was your did you talk to any Tesla employees at all? Like, yeah,
1: um, yeah, talked to a lot of Tesla employees. I kept trying mm-hmm. to, you know, leading up to the to Elon's uh, presentation, I kept trying to. Mm-hmm squeeze if any squeeze out of any of them if any of any of them knew of any surprise you know like mm-hmm. hey what's the surprise you you know about you know but none of them knew anything and of course there was not yeah. a surprise it was it was a very respectful event for PepsiCo i feel like yeah. there was lots of PepsiCo um foods and snacks being mm-hmm. given yeah. out and you know even the hors d'oeuvres it was like PepsiCo braised beef and i was like how does PepsiCo have their own like braised beef i don't know <laughs> i guess they <laughs> their own farm or something i don't know but yeah. uh It was just like, it was heavily geared towards PepsiCo. So I feel like, um, but, but so there's probably a lot of people representing that organization there, uh, Mm Frito-Lay, PepsiCo taking the first deliveries, but the, the employees, um, you know, they didn't, they didn't share any like inside info or anything. I I learned that the steering wheel is not going to be a steer. It's not going to be like the yoke, like on, uh, on the model, you know, the newer model X's and model S's. Um, it's going to be like a more traditional round steering wheel, Mm. and then it's not going to be a steer by wire. It's going to be kind of a hybrid mechanical steering wheel of some sort. So that's one little nuance I learned. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's a lot of engineers working on this, but most of them have been there for just, you know, anywhere from one year to three years, Mm -hmm. probably of the 10 engineers I talked to, most of them are all engineers, the people that were there. Of the 10 I've probably talked to, probably only like two of them have been there for more than five years. Um, but because I would always ask them, like, how long have you been yeah. there? What did you do before this? And a lot of them were fresh out of school, young people mm. coming from you know prestigious engineering schools. Um, so, you know, it's just a fast-growing company. So, of course, yeah. most of the employees are going to be newer because, what is it, 120,000 employees worldwide or something now? And it was probably 20,000 employees five years ago, right? So yeah, the vast majority is just going to be you know, not there as long.
0: Yeah. What's your um, kind of gut or feeling on how fast Tesla is going to be ramping these Tesla semis just at the event or just things you gather, just do you think it's just kind of normal speed? Are they trying to push them out quickly or do you think they'll just take their time?
1: Yeah. I didn't see any indication to change my view at the event. My view is sort of that it's going to be a slow, moderate ramp you know um mm-hmm. of these these are big machines a whole new category tesla's entering i think they'll deliver you know what's the target 10,000 next year and 50,000 in 2024 i think it's the target or something like that so i'd i'd be actually surprised if they hit that target next year mm-hmm. i'm not counting on them to hit 10,000 next year um yeah it just seems like a big a big thing they got to get right and they probably want to get it right and like they're going to do more testing on the like i feel like they're going to you know he mentioned they're going to do it for their own logistics and i think that's going to be a big thing and it's going to take longer to refine it to his liking for their own logistics until they kind of really ramp up for external company external mm-hmm. commercial sales that's my thought and i did yeah. talk to martin vieca there he was there mm-hmm. um with a few other investors and we were asking him all kinds of things and you know he, you know he didn't give any new info or anything, but the pricing yeah. is sort of a, um, a question mark at this point. And you know, it's it to me, it seems like the pricing is not really set yet. Like it's going to be different for different customers potentially. Like maybe if PepsiCo buys a hundred of these trucks, it'll be different mm-hmm. for versus some other local company buying five of them or something. That's sort of the mm-hmm what I sort of gathered.
0: Did you ask anything about the federal tax credit? Like how how much this is going to be eligible for?
1: I did not ask. Um, I think the last time I heard from uh, Martin um, that, you know, these guide lots of these details of this uh, IRA inflation reduction act Mm -hmm. are still being, they're waiting for guidance, you know, finalized guidance on lots of the details. I'm not sure about this detail. I would think by now they probably know, but I didn't ask specifically, but I I think, you know, I've read and I'm sure you've read, there's lots of people kind of specialize on this niche. It appears that there's going to be some significant credits that Tesla will be eligible for.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, What's your take on like, when do you think Tesla will be able to roll out autonomy for Tesla Semi? Do you think they'll kind of take their time or do you think it'll come out shortly after, you know, the passenger vehicles have solved it? What's your kind of take on autonomy and, semi
1: yeah it's funny they didn't mention that at all in the presentation Mm -hmm. right i mean that was like a glaring thing they left out and sort of on purpose i feel like you know um maybe partly they don't want to distract from the actual incredible hardware advantages from this electric semi truck by showing something else that might distract people from like just the range the you know torque or acceleration capabilities and the braking and all that uh, stuff. But, um, I think that the, uh, you know, it makes a lot of sense to have the full, you know, these trucks, full self-driving at some point. Um, I've corresponded with a few people who used to be truck drivers and one person who's, you know, follows Tesla closely thinks it's going to be a long time before NHTSA would ever allow a self-driving truck. (laughs) So, Mm. um, you know, the current NHTSA uh, but I push back and think like, well, what if someone like DeSantis gets in government, gets in the next administration? I mean, that guy's pretty allied with Elon and what Elon's trying to do with mm-hmm. Tesla, I think. And I could see him pushing NHTSA to say, hey, the technology is clearly there. Let's allow the trucks to be self-driving now or something like that. But, you yeah. know, it, it, without that, barring something like that, it, it, it might be might be true that NHTSA it would be many years before NHTSA would allow a self-driving truck. I don't know. Yeah. Do you, what do you think? Do you, what, have you thought about that?
0: Yeah. I mean, I mean, maybe initially they could do like in states that approve it. Um, but yeah, I mean, you have to go across states, you know, across regions and you might need it to approval, which, yeah, I mean, I would imagine though, if you could prove it out with passenger vehicles, then you'll have the mileage and you can basically say hey, it's the same system there's not much difference and show the data that you have at least with the semi. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I can imagine, you know, not too far, you know, following the passenger vehicle, but, Mm um, it would be after the passenger vehicle. Yeah. After, yeah. yeah, The passenger vehicle, but that's definitely like going to be a game changer once, um, if they can solve autonomy for the semi, I mean, yeah. Yeah they they'll
1: have like robo taxis and then like robo vans are just a little, you know, it's still yeah. sort of like robo taxi and robo cyber trucks. And then like a small freight truck is just almost like a big, you know, so it's, yeah. it's, it's almost like a trend, you know, m- maybe there's some path there to make it uh, acceptable. Um, yeah. In that way.
0: Yeah. I think um the van is like super interesting to me because um yeah, vans are a huge market. Um, mm-hmm. And, it just seems like it's such an obvious product, you know, for Tesla to make. Didn't, um, didn't
1: Elon say something that he was going to work with, try to work with Mercedes on a Sprinter van? Yeah, D? I think that was
0: like a few years back. But I, my was. hunch is he's like, I don't see how they could work together with Mercedes. Just because, no, they can't work with no yeah. Mercedes.
1: So, yeah, that's why <laughs> my hunch is the same. Like maybe they're doing yeah. it themselves right now, sort of.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, maybe next year they'll announce like I wouldn't say announce deliveries, obviously, but they'll maybe have a product reveal that. Maybe in a, uh, 18 months after that or so, they might do deliveries. Yeah. Who knows? Because it doesn't really overlap with any existing products. So yeah. there's no Osborne effect. They don't have to worry about you know people canceling orders on something else. Yeah. Um, and but, Franz yeah.
1: said in an interview, uh, I haven't listened to the whole interview, but yeah. I've caught this most important snippet seems to be that he said that uh, his. they asked him, like, what's, what, what is his favorite design? He said, my favorite is the one we haven't talked about yet. Yeah. And so that's interesting. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my first thought was, is that the robo taxi, right? The next gen car. Yeah. But who knows? It could be the Tesla van, um, <laughs> or it could <laughs> be know. the EV tall jet. <laughs> <laughs> probably not. Probably yeah. Not. Yeah. Probably not either. Um, yeah. Fun stuff. Um, I'm just curious. Um, uh, what's your um, overall kind of um, uh, kind of take on Tesla's next year? they just announced a price discount, right, for December. Um, And they do have the federal tax credit in the US, but it seems like there's pressure on prices coming down for cars, like new cars, used cars, luxury goods. And so, you know, my feeling is that, yeah, Tesla's not immune to that. And they're seeing their backlog come down. And I think... You know, it's yet to be seen how much the EV tax credit will, will spur demand and then how much just like the overall kind of pricing and macro and economy will will kind of um, hurt that. There'll be some equilibrium and Tesla will sell all the car- cars they can, but the question is what, at what price and w- at what margin, right? Um, yeah. Do you see any risk that, you know, prices do come down a bit, margins do get hit a bit um, yeah. and that affects sentiment negatively? Like, what's your take?
1: I do see risk. Um, You know, I think it's a forward PE of close to like 30, between 30 and 40 right now um, based on the wall street's estimates, which is we, you know, most, most of us think, you know, um, they'll beat wall street estimates for 2023. Um, But, you know, a company where margins are getting squeezed and it's not, does not clear that it's going to continue growing 50% like they project, right? Like, if we're in a recession and as you say, like margins are, are getting squeezed and instead of 25, 30% margins are getting, you know, 15, 20, 20, you know, percent margins because they are still selling all they want, you know, their admission is to accelerate the mission, the, the advent of sustainable transport. So they're still going to produce as many as they can and just sell them at a price they can, you know, they'll still make money, but instead of the crazy margins, it'll be. And so you have all the bears saying, oh, look, see, it's they can't keep it up you know and and um, so I, I do see like a bubble almost of you know demand not being strong enough to support the margins that we've seen where because of prices lowering and and the the sentiment uh potentially not going um, so well and so I, I don't think a PE of something like Tesla would get below like a 15 or 20 I don't I don't think you know Mm -hmm. um but you never know and if the whole market's falling rapidly right uh, because of the recession that comes is going to be worse than everyone thinks I'm just thinking worst case scenario like I don't think that's probable to happen but I can see it as a realistic possibility and so you know I don't know. So many people buy leaps are always asking me like, is it time to buy leaps? And part of me wants to like jump on and be like, yeah, buy leap. I want to buy leap, you know, but leaps are long-term call options. And, you know, yeah. who followed us know for a long time that I've bought a lot of those in the past and done well or whatever. And it could be a good time, but I could also see a lot of these long-term call options people are buying now becoming worthless, you know, within one, one year or two years because the economy isn't recovering. It's you know, so I mean, I'm not worried about Tesla long term, but the yeah, sentiment yeah. in the next one or two years just is very uncertain. You know, what do you think, yeah. Dave? I mean, you, you've seen the ups and downs. Yeah. Of the year. you have a good, a good indicate. You, you have a good understanding or view. What, what are your? What yeah, are
0: your I mean, it's interesting. I think the past year we've seen like Tesla knock it out of the mar- of the park in terms yeah. of, you know, margins and profits. But the stock price come down, you know, and the big part is it's the it's the macro story. It's the overall um, sentiment and risk appetite that investors have, the interest rate environment, et cetera. And so I yeah, I I kind of wonder, it's like, does it really matter <laughs> for the stock price what Tesla's yeah. margins are next year? Because w- you know, will the big factor be more the macro and the sentiment just in the market, yeah. right, that will impact Tesla? Um yeah, yeah. It's just it's one of those things also where um you know it's one of those things where it's like how much does the company's execution matter versus the stock market's um kind of sentiment and you know what people are just um the demand for just risk and you know, you think that it's the company matters a lot, and <laughs> I think in the long term, right, mid to long term, it does. But in yeah. the short term, maybe it doesn't really matter that much. You know, it's like yeah. for the next few quarters, it's, and it's maybe really driven by by factors outside of the company's control, right? But yeah. once you lo- you kind of elongate the um, the horizon, you know, past let's say two years or so, or, you know, then you start to see the companies, the company able to take. More control of their destiny and yeah. impact the stock price right um hmm. so it's kind of one of those things where if you look at it that way then the short term it's going to be volatile it's going to be impacted by things you're, that's outside of your control and then when it does get impacted by things outside of your control then it's to be expected sometimes you just got to take it and you know live with it plan and, for it yeah yeah and there's understand that in the longer run you know it'll equal lies or just there'll be an equilibrium back to somewhere where the company matters, right. in their execution and growth. Yeah, um,
1: I would know. say on the, it's so uncertain. This is just like the, you know, a realistic possibility, but on another realistic possibility is, you know, the fed does pivot sooner than later and the macro market recovers to some degree, but it boosts yeah. the NASDAQ, you know, 10 or 20% relatively quickly because, you know, future forward looking interest rates come down quicker than expected or whatever. And Tesla rides that wave up and the margins are looking good and the economy doesn't go into a recession as badly and demand sticks or whatever. You know, there could be a combination where in that scenario, Tesla is strong and we've hit the bottom and it just starts rising, you know, so that's certainly possible too. Yeah. Um, And then another possible kind of bullish scenario is like, what about FSD, adoption you know like it, yeah it's not level five maybe it doesn't even have to be level five maybe it's just so good level four that so many people start taking it uh as, as an option instead of being a 10 or 15 percent uptake rate it goes up to like a 50 percent uptake rate you know sometime during the next year because it's getting so much better and so many people are showing it to other people and every uber driver or every delivery person wants it on a model three you know so there is a scenario in that case where those are like pure margins of 15,000, you know, each time someone clicks the button to get that option and they're recognizing it all going forward, let's say. And if wall street catches onto those, you know, that'll increase margins, even mm-hmm. if demand is a little bit softer than it has been, you know? So that's also a, a potential thing that could change the valuation of Tesla pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, if the macro market is, is really, um, struggling like it has the past year you know that could that that sort of trumps everything else
0: yeah yeah um interesting stuff i think um yeah we'll see we'll see um a lot of it is also if there's recession how deep and severe a recession would be um and yeah how can you predict predict like the exact you know not just severity but when you know it's going to hit at when the bottom like the most of your time is going to be and yeah. the stock market is also forward looking so it's probably going to bottom you know who knows six yeah. to nine months maybe before keep, that time too yeah. Yeah. i keep waiting until
1: like the tesla bears on the twitterverse are like you know, i'm not tesla bears the tesla bulls on the twitterverse which is like most of my following are tesla bulls i keep waiting until like no one thinks it's a good idea to buy call op- long-term call options or call options on Tesla. It's mm-hmm. still like everyone thinks it's a good idea all the way down. People have been saying buying long-term, even in mm-hmm. the two hundreds, and everyone's—I'm sure—sorry, they bought all the way down because they're all underwater, unless they bought last week when it was at 168 or whatever. <laughs> you know, yeah. so um, so I, I, you know, I'm waiting for that kind of sentiment, that exuberance, to kind of wind down and and become very unpopular, and maybe that's when it'll be a good time. I don't know. I'm just kind of paying
0: attention to that. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, Yeah, with uh, Twitter, I'm curious uh, uh, to hear your take on what's going on. It seems like Elon is making um, a lot of enemies, but on the other side, it seems like he's making some friends too, right? Um, Mm -hmm. So he's becoming kind of like almost a hero on one side, right? (laughs) And then on the other side, he's like the worst of the worst. He's like infidel or something. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah um what, what's your take i mean some people are scared that this will turn off people from uh wanting to buy a tesla you know they say hey you know i just can't stand elon and anything <laughs> you know, he touches um is that overboard is, or i mean do you think there's think a risk overboard. for
1: that i think it's overboard i think maybe like five percent of you know like ten percent of the left is like far enough left where that might actually affect their purchasing decision you know so like five percent of the population for example might actually cause them to like say oh i'm never buying a Tesla." and they might actually they might buy a ford mustang maki or something instead or yeah. whatnot but uh it might be countered by like Three percent of the moderates that otherwise wouldn't have bought a Tesla will say, Oh, I love what Elon's doing. Let's look into his Tesla too. And they buy a Tesla next time instead of the Ford Maki or whatever. So I don't mm-hmm. I think it's mostly a wash. I think there'll be some incremental, you know, I don't I don't even know if you could measure it, but I don't think it's I think it's it's negligible. I'm not worried. Um, it just creates more media headlines in, in effect. Like, you yeah. know, I think now you have headlines written about people boycotting teslas and that's just more you know you go back to the wall street journal hit piece i can't remember the guy's name that wrote about his the model s running out of energy back in like 2013 you remember that one and elon went on cnbc live and was like saying that's absurd we tracked his model s and drove around in circles mm-hmm. and drove, ran out of yeah. battery on purpose instead of going to the supercharger there was that mm-hmm. wall street journal like hit yeah, piece yeah. him. so you know there was lots of headlines about Tesla is running out of range or fire, you know, they all seem negative, but it just caused people to study Tesla more. And the people, you know, I think in general, the population is smart enough to like study into things, especially for a big purchase, like a car. They're going to yeah. study up a little bit and not just bo- buy something based on a headline. Right. So
0: yeah,
1: I think uh, it helps overall. Um, so I'm not worried about that. Uh, he is making, you know, a lot of people upset though. A lot of people uh, who, who, are very left-leaning you know that ran twitter was like 99 percent. you know politically left right and so he's just trying to go more to the center with what twitter how twitter handles any controversial issues and it's upsetting a lot of people who are used to it being a certain way um so that there's some friction there and uh this twitter files release is pretty incre- incredible incredulous i didn't know behind the scenes that like government officials can influence you know Twitter so so much and had a direct line like that. What do you think about all this? I mean, do you think that he's digging a grave for himself, or do you think he's
0: yeah
1: you know, he's doing what he thinks is right? Obviously, but do you think this is a good thing overall for him and what he wants to do with his other businesses yeah. or
0: or what? Yeah, I mean, I actually on the going back to your thing of the direct line, I kind of hope that that Twitter um, and Elon release any kind of emails with the government regarding COVID. If the oh, government kind of did some extra, like, don't pressure. talk about lab
1: leak. Censor but, everything lab leak related or whatever. Or just like,
0: I, yeah, just like I don't know whether it's like any anti-vaccine type of, you know, like yeah. oppression because of government, you know, pressure or something. Just yeah, I don't know. Just if if there is, you know, that um um thing going on, but yeah, I think um um. I think it's a positive sign advertisers coming back. I think Elon tweeted that today. Um, what Apple is, and Amazon or co- whatever coming back. And I think it's I mean, showing I that. That
1: was a big deal. We can talk about that later. But anyway, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah definitely Tim Cook uh, visiting Apple or Elon visiting Tim Cook. But I think what that shows possibly is people starting to get used to Elon a bit. I think there is um, part of the shock of Elon taking over Twitter was. I think like for people in the Tesla world, they have gotten used to Elon's um, personality, let's say, right? Where he will say whatever's on his his mind. Uh, You can't take everything, you know, like completely serious. Some things are with a grain of salt. Sometimes he says things off the cuff that he hasn't thought about too much. Um, He changes his mind often and he'll move fast, Mm -hmm. you know, and he'll make some mistakes, but he'll try to correct them. And I think that type of I don't know what it is stream like thoughtful stream of consciousness type of expression and action. It's very kind of uncommon in the world as we know it, especially from a CEO um, mm-hmm. of his you know t- type of stature. So I think when he took over Twitter and he's saying all this stuff, people are just like, "What in the world? You know, like this is crazy. Um, mm-hmm. How 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 is the you know the CEO of Twitter like?" basically taking sides politically and doing all this crazy stuff um and i think there was this there's a shock element and i think some of that may be wearing off a bit with advertisers coming back and saying okay yeah. um but who knows there's a there's a flip side where you know is elon really going to change is he really gonna like you know say more p- political correct stuff or not that's not who elon is He just says what's on his mind and sometimes it really triggers the other side. And so I think that is a risk going forward is the whole idea that um, he says, he's in such a position of influence, not just before as the world's you know, wealthiest person, but now you add on this, he's in control, direct personal control of Twitter and its content policies. Yeah. And he says things that are very direct and sometimes triggering to a large group of people um, with lots of, it's, it's all connected, you know, everyone, but it's, um, that is a risk, you know, going forward. And it's, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, um, I, how, how do you personally kind of assess that risk? Do you think it'll, the reaction, the triggering, the, the reaction will kind of go down and calm down? Or do you think this will just actually, stay the same or even increase over time and become even yeah. a bigger type of issue.
1: I think there's going to be a subgroup of radicals that will always hate Elon and think he's the devil, you know, and like doing the worst things and it's going to, whether that's like 0.01% of people or 0.0001 percent but I'm talking about like extreme radicals that would yeah. love to see him dead, you know? there's people there's a subgroup of people when you're talking about 300 million people in the United States alone you know all seeing these headlines and you have like a thousand of these people that want him dead or whatever you know it takes one of them to go completely crazy and just go out on a mission to try to you know what I mean like that's what I'm worried about is like crazy assassin attempt like John Lennon or something you know because he's so well known and there's you know he's creating controversy but you have this like mental illness in certain people or some people buy into the conspiracy theories so far. And they think like we're, you know, he's destroying the world and everything. And, and, um, I'm just worried about that the most, I would say, I mean, then there's the establishment worries, whether it's like the establishment government, you know, trying to silence Elon and and put his businesses under more scrutiny. And that's going to be a more slow moving, you know, tide that increases and, you know, tightens on him and his businesses over time. Um, that's not as big of a worry because you can see that coming. It's not going to kill him or anything like do something drastic. I'm just worried about that crazy thing, you know? Um, Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, because when you go into politics, like the political world and you, you go into the extremes, right. And you get into some pretty crazy stuff. And there is, there are people very unstable, Mm -hmm. um, and who take it more than just politics? It's 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 their whole life, you know. It's yeah. It's um. It's pretty intense. And they, there's a. I think for some, it's the like reality is just. I don't know. It's all politics, you know. And yeah. it's war, right? It's not yeah. like peacetime. And I think yeah. The they. I think there could be yeah. There is obviously a a, a portion. Whether that's a point one or 001 percent, I don't know what that. Per, percent yeah. is but um that views what elon's doing as very very threatening and so yeah. um yeah again only takes one to you know be crazy yeah. enough to do something crazy but on the flip side it's it's not like something that is unexpected meaning elon knows what he's getting into i think there's yeah. this babylon b twitter uh, tweet where it's like it was like mocking. It was like f- there's the laser red points on Elon's <laughs> face. And, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. And it's like basically, it's like Elon's like trying to figure out like where, you know, what these red lasers or pimples were <laughs> doing on his face, right? It's like <laughs> assassin targets. Elon replied, you know, LOL. But it's yeah. he's, he's obviously aware of he's a target. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the flip side, is he gonna, he's not gonna hide and not. Yeah go anywhere or do anything right so um yeah yeah it's a then you have
1: like who knows about like Russia? i'm sure he's pissed off russia a ton already with starling you know and there's Mm -hmm. just like not just crazy people there could be like state actors out there that don't want to see him succeed and will take matters in their own hands you know whether some middle eastern thing or um you know russia or something i don't know I, i i just lots of risks out there he needs to have i think more security than the president of the United States, to be honest. I think you I mean, I think he needs to have yeah. that level or better security. I'm not sure if his security is at that level. I, one thing is at the event, the Tesla semi event, I me and my friend were standing there and uh, we were kind of at the front of the gate and there was a guy right next, like in front, like by the stage, and it was clearly one of the security people. He had like an Apple AirPod, he kept checking mm. his watch for a thing, but he was clearly surveying the crowd with a very serious look. He was one of the security people. He looked very professional, mm. like been in the middle. I don't know, I couldn't tell, but. I saw one, and I think there was one on the other side of the stage. But, uh, and there might, there's probably some in the crowd, you think, but, you know, you just want to make sure that he has the most possible security, I guess.
0: Yeah. I think the way I take it also is like Elon understands that there is risk, you know, to his life that has increased with, you know, what he's doing, but he's taking it as it's worth it, right? Meaning the objectives and goals he's trying to achieve are very important for the bigger picture of humanity um and that's that's another thing i think he is taking decent precautions but he's not gonna just you know hide out in a bunker all day so he has to do what he needs to do if he gets taken out like part of me thinks it's like you know that's like he will be a a a martyr in a sense in in a sense where he's like people are encouraged to go for it you know like elon wasn't afraid to do what he believed he needed to do Okay. And I think it's, yeah, it's, it could even be a more powerful example. So I think either way, you know, I think I'm not,
1: I'm not worried about Tesla whatsoever. Yeah. 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 Either
0: way. Not, um, yeah.
1: They're all going to do very yeah. well if something happened to him. I'm just, I just, I'm, I'm bummed that we won't see all the other Musk yeah. call options that happen in our lifetime that if he survives and does all these other crazy things with Neuralink and other stuff, we might not see you
0: know yeah that's true yeah um any thoughts on sbf uh, um ftx like the whole saga <laughs> blow up. i know i remember um very close, I, mean, I i i remember your or uh, i just i you referring to the mount gox uh debacle where you lost was was it half your bitcoin back in yeah. <laughs> 2014 or so 14 or 14 uh, yeah back, does it bring back memories of, yeah, of that
1: that's exactly. It's yeah. like Mt. Gox 2.0, that's what I'm thinking because that like Mt. Gox yeah. was like the, the place that was the main exchange everyone knew about and put their Bitcoin on at the time. And yeah. uh, I'm lucky I got half of it off because a lot of people I, I did that sort of just out of a little bit of paranoia at the time. I didn't, I don't know why I thought that, but I, I did, and luckily it, you know, as bittersweet as it was to lose half, I, at least I kept half or whatever. And then, um, yeah, the, the FTX, like, I don't really want to keep my Bitcoin in any exchange ever since then, you know, and yeah. and uh, the, this FTX thing, I was totally full. I thought Sam Bankman Friedman was like one of the smartest people in the room, you know, because everyone else smart was like, yeah, this guy knows. And I've listened to his interviews and he seemed so confident talking about Tether or whatever, all these things. And I just thought he, I, I wasn't gonna put my Bitcoin on the exchange, or I wasn't gonna use the exchange because yeah. I'm not like a day trader of Bitcoin or crypto derivatives or whatever they were doing. But I thought that exchange seemed like it was gonna become the next big. Bitcoin, I thought that was gonna compete with Coinbase eventually or something, and and uh, yeah. lo and behold, it was all you know a scam. <laughs> and uh, now instead of acting like the smartest person in the room, he's acting like you know the person that everything was out of his control he didn't understand things and he's just yeah I, I think it'd be better if there was some kind of you know legal uh action or something to keep him from talking because he's very he's mm. like he, he's he's he, i think him going on the record so much just talking willing to be the the punching bag of so many people openly he's going to gain sympathizers okay like Some people are going to sympathize with him and be like, look, he, he, I can understand. He thought, you know, I believe him now. He, he's just an innocent Mm -hmm. kid who made him a lot of money and made some bad decisions. And there was a, you know, so I could see some element of people and, you know, I think that plays into what he wants because then when he does go to trial, you know, it's less likely to be uh, a harsher you know, prosecution if, you know, certain 10 or 20% of the population is like, well, he should get off as he's just like any other founder, but his business just got unlucky or something, you know? So mm-hmm. I think there should be some kind of, I don't know what you call it, but not like a, you know, a muzzle legally that he can't talk about it until it goes to trial from this point forward. Mm-hmm. I'm sure his lawyers advise him that and but he's obviously taking the other strategy mm-hmm. of just going open on the record with everyone. And, what do you think about him talking about it's more about what he's talking him going yeah. out and talking to everyone. Like, it's crazy. It's so like unheard of. What do you think about this? Strategy? Yeah.
0: I mean, like, yeah. a Confusing guy. I mean, <laughs> I think he had this one tweet thread where he was like tweeting one letter for every, like every three yeah. hours or something crazy. God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something like, um, but yeah, I think one of my, um, I don't know questions is, Will the, what kind of regulation will come out of this? Because this is a big one. This isn't a small thing. This is a lot of people were impacted. And um, uh, the question is, you know, what? Because I think one of the issues is you've got this, it was an un, pretty much an unregulated, you know, exchange. And mm-hmm. um, I think that's going to be the big issue going forward is, so you've got this unregulated, you know, Things going on that, you know, thousands or hundreds of thousands or even more, let's say, you are financially impacted or devastated. Like the government's going to step in and say, okay, how can we stop this from happening again? And, you know, there, there was like this, you know, time when people in crypto thought, hey, we're never going to get regulated by the government, right? We've got all these crypto-friendly yeah. people in the government. That was like
1: the advantage of crypto. Yeah. <laughs> exactly.
0: But I don't know. I think this could this could impact that, yeah. that type of viewpoint. The,
1: the Bitcoin purists will argue mm-hmm. against this, obviously. But yeah, the yeah. crypto, you got to kind of differentiate between Bitcoin purists and crypto. It's like sort of related, but it's different. Yeah, but crypto in general, that whole crypto. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right that it's it's backfired on them,
0: yeah. Um, so but yeah, and, coming, yeah, I, and you've got to also question like, what else is gonna, what else is gonna potentially c- come down in this, you know, in this route of just, you know, yeah, it's a, uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy. I mean,
1: yeah, and what's really weird, I was thinking about today is like, this guy in Alameda, they were like buying other crypto exchanges that were distressed dying, they were giving like yeah. the, almost like the impression that they were really well off and they're buying up other things. Yeah. Even SBF, he wanted to like invest in Twitter, you know, like, so they're given the impression of being very, you know, safe and buying up other people that are in trouble when really what they're doing, I feel like is double downing on their own risk. Like they're, yeah, they're yeah. in trouble. They still have a little dry powder left. Let's use it to buy something that we think is going to go up over because we at the bottom now. So it's like they're double downing a blackjack or something and they just got hit hard yeah. there.
0: Yeah, it feels like a, it feels like, you know, some like, I want it's not uh, particularly, you know, just with SPF, but, you know, there's two ways to like, you, at times you need to double down, right? And take on that risk. And other times you need to exercise self-control, you know, and say, yeah. okay. And I feel like, you know, this year was this thing where there was a lot of flags with the economy and everything, the Fed, where, you know, even Elon Musk, he's like, hey, you know, self-control, like we gotta rein back things, right? And making yeah. cuts and controlling stuff. Yeah. And you think that, you know, the biggest or one of the biggest crypto exchanges would make the common sense move of self-control, you know, like really cutting it down. But instead of that, it's like, no, spend more, spend more, (laughs) buy more stuff. And it's like, it's, yeah, it's uh yeah. Interesting stuff, man. One,
1: One thing I want to ask you, see what your opinion is, you know, just I've been reflecting on this and since we've seen this and talked about things the last couple of years, Does it feel like to you since COVID happened, more like since COVID happened and we've sort of recovered from COVID for the most Mm -hmm. part in the US, you know, let's say China, they still have some zero COVID lockdowns, but it seems like they're easing up on that. So it seems like the world is almost kind of recovered from COVID and it's been like that for a while now. But it seems like in these like two or three years, last two or three years, the technology of the media the clickbait journalism combined with like podcast citizen journalism who is journalists who also need to get views. You know, when you combine it all, they've gotten so good that it feels sort of like we're in this, we're going into this world where somehow things are just getting crazier and crazier with all these weird stories. When in reality, things are always, have always been sort of like this, but we just never really felt the sensation that we feel now because of all the clickbaitism and the, citizen journalists able to rile us up and get us all like, Whoa, I can't believe, you know, this war starter. I can't believe SBF did this crazy. I mean, sure. Things like that. It seems historic, all these things, but do you yeah. think that there's like this, maybe this trend that's just going on because of the technology getting so good at getting us riled up that it's just going to seem like almost more and more overwhelming as time goes on, even if it's still really as the same as it's always been the world with like just regular things going on here and there.
0: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's a you tough question because, yeah, because like on one side, some stuff is like pretty crazy. Like the SPFs and FTX is pretty crazy. And yeah. it could get actually worse if, if if crypto, you know, experiences a deeper bear yeah. market. Oh, Mount um,
1: Cox, Mount Cox, for example, Mount Gox went down. Yeah.
0: It was yeah, a story was for like a couple because- weeks. Yeah, when but there, that was early in the day, you yeah. know, it's like... But
1: even in the Bitcoin community, uh, like I was a little yeah. bit in the Bitcoin community, like whatever the Bitcoin community was, a one 1,000th one of what it is now. But like, yeah. it just feels like that was a big deal, but like a month later or a few weeks later, it was like fully accepted and we just completely moved on from it Into and we're like, our right, world's back to normal. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know, it just doesn't feel like the world's like that anymore. It feels like things... Yeah around and we just have so much maybe it's just me it's just like there's too much news yeah. stories to like pay attention to i'm like there's so many things i want to pay attention to and dig in deeper on what this la- this cataclysm yeah. is and, or what this disaster is or
0: yeah i feel but, i feel like like stepping back on just overall media trends um that topic like for me i feel like um a little bit like a very disjointed media meaning i don't know where to I, I I've never been a big follower of like one media like Mm -hmm. channel or even almost any media channel per se. just like, I don't know, just, it just kind of suffocating, but collectively they're
1: all competing for your attention. Right.
0: Yeah. But it doesn't feel like, um, it feels like very scattered, like people's attention, you know, it's Mm -hmm. very fleeting and it's not even loyal to a certain media outlet. It's just kind of like, anywhere things pop up, you know, and friends say, and or you see on your feed or set, et cetera, for that, yeah. it just, it just seems like this, I don't know, this chaotic, just, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I think we're all. being
1: manipulated by the media business, you know, advertising clickbait model. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't think there's anyone intentionally manipulating us, but I think just part of me is thinking that like, this business model of advertising clickbait media is getting so good. I can't. I can't. I can only imagine what the twenty twenty four election cycle media is going to be like with uh, if it's mm-hmm. Trump and Biden again, for example. I mean, yeah. oh my gosh. I hope that's not the case. But even if it's not them, it just seems like the media. When I say media, it's like. All kinds of media, social media, everything. Like everyone wants needs attention. Everyone needs your attention. Like even on Twitter, or whatever. Like say something useful, or say something that lets people see what you're talking about. Like and then the way to elicit that interest is to elicit fear or stress or something that makes like, you know. So I don't know. I just it's just, it's uh, it's a little troubling to me when I step back and think about it. Like how is this is this is this true? Is it, if it's true? If this trend is true. Where is it going? You know, it's a little yeah. trouble.
0: I mean, on a tangent kind of is, yeah, it's when you develop a product, um, especially nowadays online, on the internet, whatever, a lot of it is like, what, what, what's your goal? Like, what are the metrics you're shooting for? And a lot of companies, it's engagement, it's mm-hmm. time spent, it's, yeah, you know, whatever, number of clicks, et cetera. And they really optimize for that, you know? And they have, you know, all these teams surrounding, like trying to inch those metrics for just a little bit. And I think, you know, it's a very kind of shallow or outer kind of surface level approach to business where you're just like, what's gonna help our business? It's gonna, it, we have to increase our revenue. How do you increase revenue, increase users and increase time spent on our app? Right, and that will increase, you know, advertising. So everything is centered around these metrics, yeah. And I feel like that leads to something that you're just almost manipulating people or forcing people to do what you're trying to get them to do, right? Yeah. And like, for example, um, I was like uh, listening to a bunch of Duolingo um, uh, founder interviews this past mm-hmm. week, and. I was kind of looking into their company, into them as a publicly traded company, but also into the language learning space. And I was listening to some interviews and he said, I mean, the founder is a very smart guy. They have a great product for what it does to engage people. Right. Um, But he said something really interesting. He's like, they, they structured their entire company where teams are in charge of certain metrics and like you know, hmm. it's just every metric possible, like you know, that they have, which is like on engagement, on on whether it's subscription revenue, on so the time spent. It's just all all this stuff, and that each team needs to improve that metric next, the next month, the next quarter, and like that's it's life. It's like do or die. They have to do that, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they can use whatever they want to. So, for example, Duolingo has something called a leaderboard. There's not one team in charge of that feature. All the teams can use that and add it and change it to get their metrics kind of moving in that direction. Mm -hmm. And when I think about that, I'm like, okay, I can understand how that makes business sense. And, you know, but on the flip side, it's like, um, where's just the metric of just like, you know, teaching language, you know, like, uh, yeah. getting people get a language what if yeah. that's the only metric that really matters like does it i don't know it's just we are, we're so focused on on so many things to try to um force i don't say force but get people to do things because we have the tools now right to yeah. to to influence and we're just cranking all those tools to get people to, to do this and this and this and the question is, is that really the right thing to do? Is that really the healthiest thing, even for your business to do? I, I understand yeah. that the the revenue might go up and the u- users might go up, et cetera, but yeah. um, everyone justifies it as it's just what everyone's doing. It's what you need to do. The right? formula. Everything, all the metrics have to go up in this direction. And um, yeah, it's a, yeah, I think part of it is, I think is rooted in, in, in that all the businesses, you know, that's, yeah. that's the model, the business model yeah. of the 21st century yeah, on the <laughs> internet is
1: <laughs> yeah, like Engage, more, you know, like do whatever you can get to get engagement, yeah. whatever kind of engagement. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I don't know where we're going with the, with, with this trend in, in society, but hopefully it's not going to destroy us or, or fragment society in, in, in the worst ways than it is already or something. So yeah. I don't know something to keep an eye on. Maybe we can touch base on this in, in, in a year from now and see if the trend has gotten worse. And it seems like there's 10 crazy stories going on that we can't keep up with still. <laughs>
0: <You know? laughs> yeah. Um, all right, man. Yeah. I'm sure there's going to be tons of <laughs> all these crazy stuff, um, yeah. but we'll see. Um, fun stuff. Um, yeah. Have a great week. Um, and one thing I want to ask you um, Dave, is, yeah. uh,
1: what do you what are your thoughts on the recession i mean do you think that um we're definitely i mean it's questionable whether we had a recession already or we're sort of in one and things get revised i guess but what do you think about you know, Elon said he thinks there's a high chance of rece- bad recession. You know, a lot of smart people are saying, you know, we're almost definitely going into recession. And the Fed still, in their last meeting, said, yeah, we th- we see it. Or when Powell talked last week, he said, you know, he th- he doesn't think it's definite. High chance, but it's not definite. It's possible we don't enter a recession or whatever. Do you think yeah, it's, it's like it's- baked in a recession for sure? Or I mean, you follow some of this stuff, I I know, right? So, do you think? Yeah. Uh, you know the guy you've had Peru. He, he's very determined. We're going. He's very. You know, he thinks we're definitely going to recession, and that the stock market's going to continue crashing until the Fed, you know, actually stops raising rates, which is still going to be a while. Yeah. What are your thoughts about that?
0: Yeah. Um, okay. So I have two completely different angles. One angle is, you know, I think there's, um, there's decent chance we could have. I kind of look at it as more right now as, you know, it's, my odds of probabilities are maybe 25%, we have a more severe recession than people think. 50% chance, it's like, you know, a moderate recession, and 25% chance, it's not very bad at all, right? Um, and in terms of timing, like, yeah, the base case of kind of a moderate recession is, is, you know, something that lasts, you know, maybe six to nine months, uh, maybe takes up half or more of next year and in terms of the stock market if in the base case scenario i think we could be actually nearing a bottom if it depends like the timing of the recession but you know maybe the if the market looks forward look, looks if the market looks forward six to nine months or so and you have kind of the recession a recession bottoming let's say mid next year or second half next year then yeah, yeah you know you, the next Know, three or four months, you could see a body. We could have already hit the body. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but yeah, but then the question is the more the severe recession possibility because yeah. that's mm-hmm. the thing. A lot of there's variables that we're not aren't in control. What if the Ukraine-Russian war gets out of hand? What if, yeah. you know, there's a lot of different variables. Um, it could be like, yeah, you know, some crazy terror attack. could be some something that just messes up things, right? Another, yeah. you know, lockdown or I don't know, just crazy yeah. stuff. So, um yeah, if that happens, then, yeah, I think the markets haven't yeah. priced that in yet. Um, yeah. But on the flip side, so I have a completely different angle now. The other angle yeah. I, okay. I take on this is, um, like, I understand a lot of people, it matters. They have short-term financial needs, like, you know, they're making decisions, etc. cetera. But um, personally, I kind of question, like, does it really matter, like, whether you know, I mean, is it, am am I going to, you know, like what are the, what are the actionable items I can do? Right. Mm -hmm. uh, Knowing this and I go, okay, I could maybe trade some assets, like trade some stock for leaps if I know when it's, you know, really low or, you know, shuffle around some stuff. But then I'm like, I don't know if that's really the most exciting thing for me. And that's where I take a step back. I'm like, um, maybe actually like it's a, it's a great time to, do a completely counter move, which is Hmm. when when everyone is talking about, you know, the markets and all this stuff. Maybe it's time to just go and build, like make a company, make a product, do -hmm. something that people just are not really like fixed on, you know, because I remember the last recession back in like 2009 or so, Mm -hmm. um, like that's when, like, I remember at the end of 2008, i think it was like september that's when we started our company um, to do um uh, app store uh, development mm-hmm. we wanted to make some apps in the app store and this was like right when like you know and it was in 2009 yeah and that was like 2009 2000 that was like the best years uh, for our company like we were just <laughs> loving it because yeah. people didn't care like you know there, i mean sure Like initially, if we're in in a better time, I think people would have maybe paid attention to the app store even more. Back then, it's like people were just scared, right? And, um, oh, it's not a good time, right? To take risks, to do business, all this stuff. But you had the app store, which was like the best thing ever at that time, at least, right? And look at fast forward today, you have, you know, recession, recession, markets, markets, all this stuff. People are scared. And um, what's going on with AI and um, like I'm looking into just open AI's, um, APIs right now, yeah. really in depth. And I'm like, man, it's like, it. I'm not, I'm not going to say it's equal to the opportunity of the app store in 2008, but to build on open AI's AI or APIs, and there's other APIs as well that you can build on for lots of other stuff, you know, mm-hmm. different mm-hmm. providers, but it kind of feels like a huge opportunity to, mm-hmm. to build, um, Uh, a very um yeah to build great products and great companies and Mm -hmm. to really surprise people so um i kind of take this counter thing where i'm like you know um yeah how how do i want to react like what's the opportunity i want to look for right in a recession scenario and yeah yeah, i think you could do some type of exchange of assets etc take advantage um do a counter move where when things are just like you know blood is on the streets people are like yeah. i'm never gonna invest anymore ever in my life i'm over yeah. like like all that stuff then you're just like buying it up right like, yeah <laughs> um, you could do that type of approach or you could take a st- different approach where're like yeah maybe um uh maybe there's another yeah, angle yeah. right to to make and create value um
1: yeah yeah no i think that makes a lot of sense i guess you could as an investor you could if you didn't want to be the person making it anymore you could in- be kind of an angel investor and help people get those things off the ground too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking, um, you know, if I wasn't, um, if I, that's the thing. I, I have a lot of builder kind of uh, DNA in my blood, yeah. like, even, yeah. the past, like year, even the past, like three or four years, even the past like three or four years, three years doing YouTube. I've always, I've always had a full-time developer in my company, prototyping hobby ideas for me. Like always like full-time, 40 hours a week. I've wow. a developer just like, you know sending me produce of ideas like i'm like do this do this or something because yeah, yeah. i'm just i'm like addi- addicted to this kind of building potential in the age that we live in I, I think that you know the power to not just create something but to distribute it at almost like no cost and then to ride technology and increase value to people is just unprecedented you know mm-hmm. and that's where um yeah i feel like um uh, it's, 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 an opportunity where you can, as an investor, if I was more of an investor blood, I maybe form a fund or something to, you know, fund a next generation of AI startups, right. That really build on maybe some existing APIs out there too. Um, mm. but I think I might lean more on the, just doing it myself and, you know, getting my hands dirty and building a product and, you know, doing it that way. So we'll see. Yeah. I'm looking yeah.
1: forward to see the next dave product
0: yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's interesting because like um, i don't really talk about like uh my company or the stuff we've done in the past because yeah it, it doesn't feel very relevant but i was telling my wife i'm like we actually like a lot of the stuff we've done since 2008 um like the first several years we we did uh quite well in the app store we had one of like um, we had a top 10 health and fitness app in the app store for wow. actually the first, actually many years of the app store, um, multi-year run. That's and, yeah. I remember you uh, mentioned this to me once. Yeah. So. And our, and our software, our apps still, still get, we have millions of of, of users of our apps still monthly. Um, and that allows us to, we, and after probably I haven't, we haven't really done a lot of development of new products or features that much in the past, maybe, I don't know, good five or six years, just because I've kind of taken interest in other things um, and we didn't need to, but we kind of went into maintenance mode. But the cool thing is we have all of the things set up. Like we have a company, we have employees, we have the, the, um, the contracts, we have apps out, we have the technologies to build everything. And so when we have an idea, we're able to kind of just run with it and just focus on it. And we know what to do. We know like how everything works, how to design, yeah. how to, yeah. you know, cause we've taken, our, our apps have taken millions and millions of, of signups, you know, and we know how to just run it and do yeah. like at, a, at high scale. And so it's actually quite exciting that I think I'm finally catching on to something that I'm finally getting excited about in terms of um, software, so yeah nice we'll so i'm excited we'll have to hear yeah. more
1: about it in time on your yeah. uh channel here yeah yeah, yeah definitely
0: yeah. yeah cool sounds good
1: all right dave well if i had to bet i would say it would be an education or parenting or something i don't know <laughs> yeah
0: actually uh yeah 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 it, it, it's a uh, education um, okay good yeah right. yeah education Cool. and um yeah all right. Definitely. Well, uh, yeah, it's
1: great chatting with you, Dave. And, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll have to do another chat in a couple of weeks on the next big five stories that are are in the news and affecting Tesla. I just don't know if these, all these stories are really, if the market is immune to them or to what extent the market is immune to these sensationalistic stories or not, because yeah, so people react off of them and that's what drives the market. But, um, so that's why I feel like even if the thesis of these, news stories getting more and more sensationally is true mm-hmm. as investors i have to as an investor i have to sort of really pay attention to it anyway and get dive into it and be in it because it affects the market uh so yeah it's just uh we'll we'll, we'll see what the next round of stories are yeah going forward yeah
0: definitely all right emmett take care
1: and uh all right Dave. yeah see you, see you, see you. All
0: Right, bye.